All right, good morning. Good morning, church. So excited to come together and worship this morning. Um, as we were back in the prayer room um, and we were praying before service, I had this picture in my mind. Um, and it actually started when we first got here this morning and I was sitting up here praying and I had my coffee cup. And um, I was thinking about storms and how when you're a child and when you're immature, the storm is scary. It's outside and it's just scary. Whether it's a lightning storm or even a blizzard, it's the sound of the wind and um, just the forces of nature and the, the power that you inherently know is out there. Um, and it's scary. But as you grow up into maturity, you, you can come into a place where you actually enjoy a good storm. Like, ooh, there's a storm coming. Or, ooh, there's a blizzard coming. I enjoy a good blizzard, mostly because I have the option of not going out in it. And I know that's a, that's a very privileged place. I have a work as such I can do from home. I have a husband who will go out and do all the, the unpleasant things for me. But, um, you know, when a blizzard's coming, I just think of, ooh, what soup can we make? And, and do we have enough cream, heavy cream for hot cocoa? And, you know, um, I've learned how to settle in. And the Lord just gave me that picture this morning. How He is our safe place, Amen. and how the, a storm—the storm can be raging on the outside—and He is our safe place. And I, on, I honestly have a picture of our family room with the fire, and we have a big window that looks out in the backyard. And you know, of all the cozy, cozy is a really popular word in my house. Ooh, that's so cozy. So we like to be cozy, and all that cozy. And um, how the storm just can't even can't even touch us, and um, and so I just saw the presence of the Lord being that safe place where the storms that are raging around us they don't even touch us. And so then it goes on. And as we were as we were in the room praying, I I was just like, but Lord, we need to go out and we need to battle. We need to fight. And He said, yes, but don't get ahead of me. Don't get all in an emotional fury about the storm and say, I'm going to go. Things need done. And you run out into the storm in bare feet, no coat. In, in, your, in a moment of, I can do anything because God is with me. But in reality, he's five steps behind you and you're running ahead. Because you're, they will find your body in a snowdrift. You'll be purple and cold. So this conversation, he said, if you wait, I will prepare you. I will prepare you. I will cover your feet. I will give you the right gear. I will go before you and make the way. I will go behind you and keep you safe. And then you'll be victorious. But we go out and we battle and we come back again into his presence where we can shed all of our protections and be in his presence. We can rest in his presence. So I just wanted to share with you that this morning, that yes, we are called to go out and fight battles, but there are appointed battles. If you're fighting in every direction all the time, I would counsel you, find your resting place and then go to the battlefronts that he has called you to when he calls you to them. This morning, church, he is our resting place. He is our safe place. In him, there is no lack. In him, there is, there is nothing, nothing missing. And there is no threat in him, in his presence. 
Thank, Thank you, you, Jesus. Well, guys, stand with me. We're going to worship together. We're going to do this call to worship together because I'll tell you what, guys, we have much to be grateful for. We have much to be thankful for. And Jesus is still on the throne. He is still the King of Kings. He is still the Lord of Lords. No matter what results we see in the physical realm, in the spiritual realm, Jesus is King and He is Lord. And I want to worship this morning like we believe it. Can we worship this morning like Jesus is still on the throne, okay? Let's worship this morning together. We're going to say this uh, scripture together. It's out of John. And I just feel like our eyes just need to be on Jesus. From the beginning to the end of the service, let's keep our eyes focused on Him and Him alone. On the count of three, let's read this together. One, two, three. In Him was life. The life was the light of men. Verse five. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There is no darkness in Him. He is the light. Let's worship Him today. I come to church thinking, you know, I don't have anything to say this morning. I'm just going to be so quiet before the Lord. I have nothing. I don't have anything this morning, Lord. It's those mornings that he gives me these pictures. He gives me these things. And I always ask him, Lord, is this, do you want me to talk? Do you want me to say this? And he, as we move into the future, um, and it wouldn't have mattered what had happened on Tuesday. This is the, something the Lord has been speaking to both of us for weeks. And Andy will attest to this as well. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. And um, Pastor Jason, you know, he did a series on end times. And we don't know the timing of that. But we are coming into a season where the level of trust that we have in the Lord is going to have to be concrete. It's time to grow quickly into it. We have to step quickly into it, into trusting him in the valley of the shadow of death, which we in this country have yet to know anything of truly. Personally, there's moments, but as a nation, and as a people, and the Lord is talking to me about conceiving, being able to conceive of something. Our trust in him must be concrete because he knows so much beyond what we can ever know. He sees so much beyond what we can see. So when I was a young girl, I was dating um, a good Christian boy, and I was head over heels. This was the guy I was going to marry. And so when that didn't happen, I thought I might die. <laughs> I thought I might die because I couldn't conceive of loving anybody else. <laughs> and when I come upon a young person who's heartbroken, I don't ever laugh at them or diminish what they're feeling because I remember that acute pain. And I thank God for it now. I thank God. And I tell that story. I thank God that my heart was broken that day. If I could go back, break it over and over and over again so that I might have what the Lord had in mind for me. And I couldn't even conceive of how good it was going to be. I couldn't even conceive of how good it was going to be. 
Um, I shared this with Andy on Sunday night. Um, and again, it has to do with childbirth. And I shared when Jason was doing the, his, his, um, his message on the tribulation, he kept calling it transition. And at the end, I got up and I talked about what does that actually mean for a woman who's given birth? We all know, know what that means and we know it well. Um, how intense, how difficult um, that, that transition is. And it was years ago when we were in Hermitage and, and we were having a small group at our home that the Lord first gave me this image. And it was um, of a baby in the process of being born, cannot conceive of what's coming. All they have known is close, warm, wet, cozy, and dark. And it is their best life. It's all, they can't, they've ne they don't even know light. They have not even, they cannot conceive of light. They cannot conceive of air. It doesn't exist to them yet. They cannot conceive of it. So when suddenly things begin to grow very uncomfortable for them, and all of this stuff starts happening, and suddenly their water begins to go away, and they think, no, in Jesus' name. I command those waters to be returned to me. They are mine in the name of Jesus. He provided them for me, and they are mine in Jesus' name. No amount of commanding the waters to return unto them will return the waters unto them. For he has a plan for them which is life more than what they could conceive. Yes, those waters were theirs for a time, but church... As we come into a time of inconceivable transition, let's be careful in what direction we pray. Because as the, as the uncomfortable time for that baby begins, and it only gets worse and worse and worse until they think even the bones in their head are being crushed. And they must think, this is the end. What could this possibly ever bring that could be good? Suddenly, they Amen. burst forth. Amen. They burst forth into more air, into more light, into more space than they could have ever possibly imagined. And it is life. It's not a version of life. It is life. And they breathe in deeply of oxygen for the first time. And they live and parts of their body that have been there from the beginning but haven't been in operation, they begin to operate. Kidneys, lungs. Do you know, church, that in our spirits, we have, we have bits and pieces that haven't even begun to operate. But when we step into the heavenlies, when we step into his presence, we will begin to fully live like we can't even conceive of now. But the process of getting there requires trust. Trust in the one who created life. Trust that our, in our, if our cozy developmental space begins to get very uncomfortable, we're just getting closer and closer and closer to the abundance that we have prayed for, to the life that we have prayed for in Christ do you see the picture that he's painting for us, church? It's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture. We must walk in trust.
for our Father in heaven. For I know the plans he has for us. Plans to prosper us, plans for our good. He will turn all things for our good and for his glory. And in the meantime, we worship. We turn our eyes to Jesus. To Jesus, Redeemer. Redeemer. Restorer. Protector and provider. Our peace. Our hope. Our again coming King. Our King. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I just want to read a little bit out of Romans 8 here, and then we're going to come up and get our communion elements uh, and go back to our seats. Uh, We'll take it together here in just a minute. I was going to read from somewhere else, but just as you were talking, I just want to read a little bit out of Romans 8. I just encourage you all to be, I mean, you can read this one every day if you need to, and it's just about life in the Spirit and all the stuff that's going on. We can just take rest and comfort in His Word that says if he is for us, then who can be against us? And we can have that joy and that peace even through those difficult times because he is with us. It says here that we know in all these things work together for the good of those who love God. All these things. (laughs) All these things. All the things we see, all the things we experience even in our own life. He promises to work them together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. He is working all things together. He is sovereign. We don't understand everything. We don't get everything. But he is working. Even when we don't see it, he is working. And even when we don't feel it, he is working. So I encourage you this morning as we come to the table to get our elements here. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your spirits and your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He paid the price on the cross for our sins, for our redemption, for our reconciliation, for our healing for our time to be with him for all of eternity. He paid it all. Jesus paid it all. So if you want to come to the tables, there's three tables in the sanctuary. If you've not been here before, just come down these aisles here. Uh, Grab your communion uh, elements. There's two cups, a top and the bottom. Uh, The juice on the top, the crackers on the bottom cup. Just circle back and take them back to your chairs, and we will come back up here in a minute and take it together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a moment. Just reflect on the cross and everything that He's done for us. If there's anything we brought in here, anything we need to confess, to bring to the altar. To his feet, now is just the time to do it quietly to yourself.
Jesus, we thank you. Father, we thank you for sending your son. Father, we thank you that you loved us so much. You loved us so much that you sent your son. Father, your word says, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So we take these communion elements this morning remembering that everlasting life is ours. That our time here is but a vapor. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. He had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do. As often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Guys, we're going to go back into worship. If you want to stand with me, we've got two more songs we're going to do. I believe the next one is worthy of it all. And I just have this sense this morning that just God wants to bring peace to our hearts today. He wants to bring comfort to our hearts today. So if you came in here with some anxiety, some stress, we all did in some way, shape, or form, as we sing, I truly believe that's going to lift off of you this morning. As we sing, worthy of it all. Because as our mouth says that, our eyes turn to Him. And when our eyes are focused on Him, guess what? They're not focused on who? On us. On ourselves. When we turn our eyes to him, that peace that passes understanding is ours and can be yours this morning. Amen? Let's worship him. Thank you, Lord. Guys, keep playing that for just a second. I don't normally come up and do this. If you guys could just play gently in the background. Men, I want us to sing this chorus, just the men. And I want you to sing it like you mean it. And I want to hear the men's voices. We're going to sing this chorus together, just the men. And then we're going to sing it again, just the women. And then we're going to sing it all together. Come on, church. Men, I want to hear your voices. I want to hear your voices like you're in heaven this morning because we are in his presence. So you guys could just lead us in that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, we thank you. It is well with our soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we worship you. 
we thank you for being with us this morning. Father, and even though we're just getting started, <laughs> Father, I thank you for your presence, your transforming presence. Father, I thank you for bodies being made whole. Thank you for reconciliation with you. Father, I thank that you're drawing on the hearts of those who are far from you right now. Those who have walked away from you, you're drawing them home. Wayward sons and daughters, you're drawing them home. And those who are here and standing in intercession for them, may the peace that passes understanding be with you. May it be well with your soul, for he, the Lord our God, is drawing them home. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. presence is so sweet. He's just the sweetest, like ever. Is, and can anyone here be in doubt that the Lord loves you this morning? He's for us this morning. And that he's with us. And his promise is sure. He will never leave us or forsake us. As we move into a time of fellowship and greeting, let's just encourage one another Let's, um, let's not say anything. Let's not say anything to change the sweetness that he has brought into this place. Let's be careful to lift one another up and to only say that which is honoring to him and to each other. As we greet one another and love on one another, um, if you are an ECF kid, now is the time when we release is the time to go get your bag and to um, get your sermon notes. If you're visiting, Kid Corner is right over in that direction. And if you have a child, toddler through sixth grade, we have some great stuff over there. Um, I'll be over there. You can come on over and and uh, we'll get your kids all set up with some fun things to do during during the sermon time. And also we'll have the offering buckets up here. Um, we don't pass them. Uh, right now. So if you have um, an offering to bring, I encourage you to do that during the greeting time. Um, and I think that's all. Yes. So let's just uh, love on one another for a few minutes and uh, then we'll come back together. All right. It is wonderful to fellowship with one another talk with one another, encourage one another. If this is your first time worshiping with us, I just want to welcome you. We are a, I'd like to think we're a close-knit family, um, and we are always happy when um, people come and just join in with us as we seek the presence of God, which was so sweet this morning. Um, so welcome. If this is your first time, we welcome you. Um, we do do an extended greeting each week because we just 
think that it's very important to connect. And um, it's a really good time for the kids to get some energy out and for people to connect. If you're an introvert and you hate it, that's okay. I totally get it. You can, I always tell people, you could just go like take a walk and pretend to read something. Or I used to say get a cup of coffee, but we're not doing coffee right now. So um, it's just a time where we can also um, greet our first time guests and, and grab you up and say hi. If you want to connect with us, you can send an email. Uh, to info at ecfchurch.org with your name and like, hey, we, were, we, we had a great time visiting and this is who we are. It's a great way for you to connect with us um, for information that, um, that goes out. Also, if you have prayer requests or praise report or testimonies, those go to prayer at ecfchurch.org. Um, the next announcement that I have is that we are having a youth night and the Luciano group on November 15th. Um, youth night is from 6 to 8. We meet downstairs in the youth room. You know, they, the kids play pool, they play ping pong, they hang out, have a good time. There's pizza and chips and cookies and, and food. And then we come together and we have a time of worship, uh, learn about the word, learn about um, prayer, um, pray together. And it's a really good time. That's from six to eight. So I encourage you to come if you are a teen. And I encourage you to bring a teen if you have a teen or know a teen. Um, at the same time that that's happening, starting at 6.30 up here in the sanctuary, is the Luciano Life Group. It's a great time of teaching, and this is top-notch teaching. So I encourage you to check that out. That's just an open group. It's here every third Sunday of the month. Um, lastly, I want to talk to you guys about OCC boxes, Operation Christmas Child. So all year round, we have a team of ladies, although men are invited as well, um, a team of ladies who are always gathering supplies um, to send boxes out from our church family to the world, to children. And what I love about OCC is that um, they're so organized. I always appreciate organization. Um, they're so organized in that a child will get a box once in their lifetime. They rotate the regions that they send the boxes to in such a way that it's not like sometimes things can get where it's just like the same kids getting a free pair of sneakers every year. Um, it's not like that. And when a child receives the box, they're not just getting a box of goodies. They're getting a box of things that are hard for them to come by, toothbrushes and soap and things that they're not, you know, they can't just pop over to Walmart or Wegmans. So they're getting essentials and necessities, but they're also um, being presented with the gospel. And that's so important. Um, so Jason and I are so behind this organization and this particular outreach. Um, and our ladies, I know, um, I don't want to start naming them because I don't want to miss anyone. Um, but I can thank um, Betty, Carell, and um, Nikki, and Janie for their work on the Christmas tree that's out there. That's our missions tree. So this year, what we've done is on the tree, there are ornaments and they are um, Operation Christmas Child. You can see down in the bottom left-hand corner of the slide, that's the, that's the logo for Operation Christmas Child. And the ornaments look like that. And what you can do to participate with this missions outreach is you can go to that Christmas tree and you take one of those ornaments and it goes home with you. You put it on the Christmas tree or, I mean, you can hang it anywhere you want. And it reminds you to pray to pray for the children who are receiving these boxes, to pray for the, the people who are working, um, you know, round the clock to get these boxes out and to spread the gospel. And then when you take one of those ornaments, what you do is on your offering envelope, you would write in OCC and you give a donation. 
That donation will cover shipping costs of the boxes. Each box has a shipping cost. And um, it will also go toward next year's boxes for those wow items. The ladies are really careful about how they pack the boxes because no one wants to no one wants to send a box that's a dud. You know, like the kid, the one kid gets like really cool stuff and this kid opens his box and he's got like, you know, a toothbrush and a bar of soap, which I think he'd be happy for. But we like to put in wow items. I don't know, that might be like a little mini Lego set. It might be a mini soccer ball. Just something that is really awesome. A, a little baby doll, things that, that will really um, bless these kids. So when you make a donation, we used to say $10 per ornament, but we really want to leave it open. You could give $5. You can give $100. You can give $500. You can give whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to give, and that's true. Um, if your child wants to take one and wants to do their own dollar and it's like the biggest deal to them, awesome. Do it. Do it. Um, include your kids. So I encourage you. The ornaments are out there today, but they'll be out there for at least about a month. I'm thinking about three, like three weeks that tree will be up. Um, so I encourage you in that time to pray. Be involved with your kids. This is a great opportunity to involve your kids and um, to participate in, in this missions outreach. And that is what I have. Okay, we're going to go into a video about Operation Christmas Child so that you guys can really see what it's all about. Isn't that awesome? Come on, guys. Now, I always tell the team, I was, they're not allowed to put videos up before I start talking that make me want to cry. <laughs> but every time there's a video, I feel like I'm going to start, start crying. Um, here's what I want to do. I want to just pray over the boxes we are sending. Uh, our team is able to, we've packed and got collected for 300 boxes. Uh, they are going to be headed out or sent out. Did we send those out just yet? They're going out. Uh, either this week or next, they're going to be going out. Uh, and so I want to pray over those boxes. But I have a testimony over the boxes. And then we'll pray over the offering here uh, as well. So the testimony over the boxes is this. So the youth group last month, uh, assembled the, the actual box itself, right? The boxes come flat, and you got to put them together and assemble them into an actual shoebox. And so they did that, and we had this discussion, or somebody had a discussion as to where we should put the shoeboxes in the youth room to store them until it was ready for us to actually, for the team to go ahead and pack them up. And so we had decided, or the team had decided in this one corner over by the decision, or the youth room stage, formerly the decision room, the youth room stage, downstairs in the basement. Well, how many of you remember uh, the rain that came just a few weeks ago? Yes, you guys remember this rain? Well, in the past, sometimes the youth room would get some water in it. Well, let's just say it rained and rained and rained, and let's just say the youth room got a lot of water in it. And so if you're familiar with the youth room, the water came down the wall, came onto the stage, and came out off of the stage, all onto the carpet. And the whole room, just there was water everywhere from every side. There was water on this wall. There was water on this wall downstairs. There was water everywhere. And of course, there was a big cleanup project we were working on. But can I tell you something? <laughs> Not a single box got wet. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it literally, the water, it was, it was actually... I'm not sure if it was physically possible, other than, I mean, the Lord ha obviously had to work at that. The water, like, came out, and they were packed over again in the corner. The water came out, kind of went around the boxes, and then, like, kept going out. And there was enough water that it should have backtracked a little bit. I know it slopes down a little bit. It absolutely should have backtracked, but it literally just went around. So at one point, when the water was coming in, I considered, 
My faith was not here yet. I considered getting the boxes and putting them on the stage and just seeing if I could stop the water or God would stop the water based on the boxes. I, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I thought about it. But we left them there in the corner, and you know what? How good is God? Not a single box. All 300 of them were dry. Uh, we had a few notebooks that got wet, but I'll tell you what. God is awesome. So I want to pray for those uh, boxes. I also want to pray over um, our, our tithes and offerings here. And if you want to give, you can give, you know, there's a box in the back. There was up here you could have given. You can also give online. I know a lot of people are still watching online. Uh, you're able to give online. You can go to our website and give, or you could text. Uh, you just have to send a text to 84321. Pretty easy. Uh, and then it'll walk you through a setup on how to give uh, via text message as well. But Romans eleven sixteen says this. I love this. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. Meaning, all of it. All of it is holy. All of it is holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And I believe God is just, just encouraging us here that when we tithe, when we give, when we go above and beyond and we give offerings and we you know, grab ornaments off and we give $2 for the ornaments, what he is just wanting to show us that if you honor him in your finances and you trust him in your finances and you give those first fruits to him, he actually says based on that scripture that all of it becomes holy and set apart for him. The whole 100%, not just the 10%, but all of it. I mean, imagine that. I always do, like, I'm, I'm an engineer by background. A lot of you guys know that. Like, I love math. I love statistics. I love numbers. I love spreadsheets. And I'm always just like, 100% is always more than 90. But somehow, in our life, God has been so faithful that when we give, and we give our tithes, and we go above and beyond, he constantly stretches the 90 to go farther than the 100%. And I don't have a spreadsheet or calculator or anything else that can figure that out. But I have this. <laughs> and this is all I need to figure that out. Excel can't do it, but the Bible does and can because he is good. So let's pray for the boxes and over our tithes and offerings. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the miracle of the water moving around the boxes. Father, we thank you that all 300 boxes are blessed that wherever they go all around the world, Father God, that they will just reach the student, the young child that you want to have that box. And that you will just move them with excitement, Father, and just compassion that they will know how much you love them. And that when that gospel message is presented to them, Father, I'm praying for all 300 salvations. I'm praying that every box has a salvation. And we'll never know. We'll never know the count or exactly how it all went out. But Father, that's what we're believing for. And not just our 300, but the millions upon millions of boxes that are going out around the world. So, Father, we know that this world needs Jesus. And, Father, we get to participate in that even just in this small way. So bless those boxes as they go. Bless every person's tithes and offerings this morning. Father, we thank you that we can trust in you. And, Father, I just pray that this message will honor you and lift you up and provide vision for the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, uh, turn with me, go to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, say a few scriptures before I get to Acts chapter 2. I've got my handy dandy whiteboard back up here. 
Uh, I know you probably can't read it from, this, from where you're at, especially if you're at like a bad angle and there's some reflection. But I will say everything that is put up there. And I started on this whiteboard two weeks ago. And what I want to continue where I left off about where we see this church moving forward. Where do we see us moving towards? Because in a time of everything that's going on, we need to know where the church is going. And we need to have a hope in Jesus Christ and be connected into a church so that we have what God can only give, which is his peace, his comfort, his community, and his family. And I want to walk through stuff that God has laid on our heart for the church, specifically Erie Christian Fellowship Church, and what it looks like moving forward. But I want to read two scriptures, not out of Acts just yet. Just keep, stay right there with me. I want to read Proverbs 29, 18 first. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, where there is no understanding of what the future looks like, the people cast off restraint, or they lose hope, or they perish. You understand that, I mean, there, were, there are two different parties that gave their best pitch for whatever the future might look like. Honestly, I'm way more excited about what this future looks like. I, am, I mean, a lot of times, the two parties, they were just hoping somebody else would lose this decision 2020. But I'm telling you, this is our decision 2020. This is where we have to decide, am I in or am I out? Do I believe in the future of this church and where this church is headed? And will I connect with that? And will I participate in that with my time and my efforts and my resources? And so I've been calling this our decision 2020. Time for us to make some decisions. In Habakkuk uh, 2, verses 2 and 3, Habakkuk, let me just read that. And this scripture is actually, uh, if you walk into our, up the main, the main row here, or the main doorway when you come into the church, there's a plaque on the right-hand side. And the plaque is honoring our founding pastors, Pastor Jim and Pam Dumont, who led this church for 30 years. And their call was to move to Erie, become established, and to build a great church. And that's written on there. But the scripture that's written on there is this scripture. It says, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets or whiteboards or on, on screenshots and on, on websites or wherever we do that today. Answer, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may what? Run who reads it. A vision, some, it should be something that we get excited about that makes us want to run. And the interesting thing is we've already talked this morning about, I, don't, I love to run. Well, I don't actually love to run. But in reality, I like to go after something. But I don't want us to get too far ahead of what God has in store for us. So I want to, I want to cast this vision this morning in the next couple weeks as we move forward to begin to get you excited. But I want to run in God's timing. I want each of you to run in God's timing and what he has called you to do and what, how he is calling you to participate in this vision. That he may run who reads it. Next verse. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it surely will come and it will not tarry. Amen? This vision we've had, there's been prophetic words. Actually, somebody mentioned it this morning. There's been prophetic words over our church for a multitude of years, and I truly believe that many of those 
uh, many of those prophetic words, all of them really truly will ultimately uh, come to pass. Okay, so I have a question for you before I read Acts chapter 2. Any Penn State fans in here? Yeah, come on. Any Penn State fans? Okay. So what happens if you're a Penn State fan and somebody says, we are? Okay. So you know exactly what to do if you're a Penn State fan when someone says, we are Penn State. We are Penn State. So there's this chant that they do, and of course the stadiums aren't full right now, but there's 110,000 people in Beaver Stadium, and half of the side says, we are, and the other half yells, Penn State, and they go back and forth, and it's just an amazing experience. Well, guess what, church? In the future, when I say we are, I want you to be able to have things that roll off of your lips and off of your mouth of what Erie Christian Fellowship Church is. Amen? It needs to be something that you're a part of so much so that when someone says, well, what is the church doing? What's it all about? You're able to say it just like that. Amen? I'm going to give you a bunch of different ones. It's probably too many. I probably have failed like the vision course in my MBA that says, you need to keep it simple like we are Penn State. It's not super simple. There's going to be multiple things. But then you have options of what you can say, okay? You have options. So one of the things we say we are, we would say we are Erie Christian Fellowship Church. And the interesting part is somebody asked if we were going to change our name. No, we're not going to change our name. We're in Erie. We're Christian. We like to fellowship, and we're a church. Okay? So we are Erie Christian Fellowship Church. Amen? That's what we're going to do. And then the other tagline we have underneath there is what we call a family church. And I want to explain that a little bit. I truly see family church as being what our culture is. What is our culture? And you think of a healthy family. In a healthy family, there's a culture of love. There's a culture of respect. There's a culture of fun. There's a culture of truth. And a lot of times in families, sometimes you don't want to hear the truth. But as a family, sometimes we need to speak the truth. And we need to speak the truth in love. So when we say we are, we could say we are a family church. And we can begin to see what that looks like, because we are Erie Christian Fellowship Church. And that is who we are. The next thing I want to point out is if you look at our logo up there, and I'm going to get to something here in a little bit, look at our logo for a minute. And I know you can't see that up here, but I have this logo sort of dr uh, drawn here on this whiteboard. Basically, I got a circle with, an e with a cross in the middle of it. And I've said this before that the Lord, has, I believe, has called us. He gave me a vision of the different places that we personally have lived. And that I believe that these two, that this cross, that you can see it on our logo, makes up the two major throughways of Erie, Pennsylvania, which is across Route 90 and down Route 79. And every time you see that logo somewhere, whether it's on a t-shirt, whether it's uh, on the church building, or whether it's on you know, a piece of paper that you have, I want you to remember that there's a cross. And that cross represents, first and foremost, Jesus Christ. That the word of God is at the middle of everything that we do. Nothing changes that. We as a church stand on this word and on this word alone. That no matter what time we're in, a transition time or an end time or whatever time, we can stand on this word. For this word is truth. 
And the cross represents that, Jesus and who he is. So we'll never forget that cross. But the cross also represents those two throughways that come through Erie, Pennsylvania. And I believe we're called to reach a lot of that area. And today I'm going to start talking about the how. I'm just going to finish up here in a minute about what we see. And we're going to start talking about the how, how we're going to go do that. And then I've got these four quadrants. So that circle breaks up into four quadrants. And these are the things I began talking about two weeks ago. And I truly want to go into each one in a deeper way over the next couple weeks. So we know exactly what that means and what that looks like. But the first one is to see the lost saved. Everybody say, the lost saved. I believe that there is such, there's a personal component of this and there's a church component of this. And I believe that each of us has a part to play in both of them. Not everyone is going to be a street evangelist, I get it. But I want you to come back in the following weeks because I really want to dig into that. The lost saved, when I say that, I want you to begin to think of, of not just sharing the gospel message, but an outreach of the church to the community. And I believe what we just looked at, that video of these Operation Christmas Child boxes, is a perfect reflection of us being able to go out and reach beyond Erie County by things that we can go do. And I see this lost saved. I see this, and I'm going to draw on the whiteboard next week about it, regarding it. But I see it as both being local and global. I see us as a church reaching both local, which is, of course, this area represented by that cross and the, and the Route 79 and Route 90. But I also see it as being global as well. And I want to know, I want to show you ministries that we are supporting over the next couple weeks so you understand where those ministries fit in what we are trying to go do up here, which is the lost saved, which is reaching people for Jesus Christ. And truly, everything that we do, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, I'm not going to go there just yet. Okay, the lost saved. The next one that I truly believe as a church is we are going to see more and more of is the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit to see the sick healed. Everybody say the sick healed. I mean the physical sick, the emotional sick, the spiritual sick. I truly believe God's supernatural, miraculous, Holy Spirit power is going to pour out more and more and more and more. And we are going to see miracles, we're going to see signs, we're going to see wonders. We're going to see God do miraculous things. And the interesting thing is, is there will be believers that have gotten healed and they'll be thanking God for it and it'll kind of move them into like, man, I'm trusting God even more. And I believe there will be unbelievers. I believe there will be unbelievers who have not yet given their lives to Jesus that God will supernaturally touch them, physically heal them, and they will end up coming up into this category and becoming saved. I believe that he, when he moves a lot of times he moves to what I call arrest the attention of the unbeliever. And my goal, our goal here on Sunday mornings, the primary goal of a Sunday morning is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. To be in God's presence and then to equip the saints to go do the work of the ministry. So that they don't have to come here to see the sick healed. You don't have to come here to see the lost saved. You don't have to come here to see lives transformed or families thriving. You can see that happen everywhere that you go. And that we are sent in his timing, in his perfect way, to the places that he has called us to be. The next one is lives transformed. Again, this is like a, a symbol of our logo. You can see the four different quadrants. 
I always point out that, you know, some quadrants look bigger than the others. You know what? Sometimes God has us focus more on one thing versus another and then switches it around. So don't worry about the, you know, our logo not being perfectly, uh, you know, symmetrical. Lives transformed, which I believe is discipleship. God has called us in the Bible to make disciples. And I believe that this is a primary thing that the church has to equip people to be able to go do. And then families thriving. What I mean by families thriving, again, I'll do this, probably I'll, I'll spend a week on it. But families thriving is the actual biological families thriving, marriages thriving, you know, parenting, understanding parenting, having that thriving as well. But I'm also talking about thriving in the sense that people being stirred up for adoption. People being stirred up to begin to foster children. And the Lord has spoken clearly to me. He gave me this word called the least of these. And if you do the actual, you know, the, the breakdown of what the least of these is, uh, it's actually talking about the, the Hebrew people. But what I believe that he meant to me personally, the least of these is children. And I believe that we as a church are called to reach children. We've had words and visions of hundreds of children out on this property of all colors, sizes, backgrounds, financial backgrounds, whatever it is, reaching the least of these, both here and globally, which again is why we participate in OCC. So, around the outside here, I'm going to end with this here, and then I'm going to get into what I, what I want to share this morning, is prayer, partnership, and not pizza. Pizza was the call last, last time. Like, what's the last P? Is it pizza? No, it's not pizza. It's participation. Well, for, if you come to youth, you get pizza. Okay. It's participation. It's participation. Prayer, partnership, and um, participation. The circle can't work. The things in here cannot work unless it is covered by prayer, unless there are partnerships that happen. We can't do all this ourselves. We can't reach a million people across the We have to partner with people. We partnered with Erie First last Sunday night and had an amazing worship service. Amen? We partner with the City Mission. We partner with the Women's Care Center. And maybe you don't even know these things, but as we get into that one specifically, I'll, I'll kind of share all that stuff with you. But this participation, I need you guys. I need you. I can't do it. I got kids. I got stuff. <laughs> I got to take care of my stuff. Sometimes I got to pick up leaves. I need each and every, a lot of leaves. I need each and every person doing what God has called them to do, to participate in what is going on at Erie Christian Fellowship Church. So let me read Acts chapter 2, because all of this is scriptural. All of this comes out of the Bible. This is not just like my idea. I woke up with one day and said, hey, it'd be cool if a church could do these things. <laughs> this is the book. This is Acts. This is the book in the Bible that talks about the church in Acts. This is what it says, starting in verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved. Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, lives being transformed. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Hallelujah. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, and in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs 
sick being healed, were done through the apostles, through the church. Now all who believed were together. They had all things in common, sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. And so I want to pick up on verse 46. I want to go to verse 46. I know I said go back to that slide, but let's pick up in 46. Listen to this. So continually, daily, daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. Look at this. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Notice a couple things that's in that passage right there. They got together as the church. They gathered as the church. They gathered as a church in the big setting, and they gathered as the church in a smaller setting. They broke bread day to day in their homes. And I'm telling you, church, the future of ECS as we move forward is you breaking bread together with each other in homes. Not just on a Sunday morning. Church, I'm telling you, church is more than just a Sunday morning. And I believe as we navigate this future and as we go forward, we, each and every one of us, have to be connected into the body of believers with other believers. On, not just on a Sunday morning. We have to be connected with other believers. Why do I say that? Turn with me to Hebrews verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, and we'll start in verse 23. And I kind of scribbled in this middle here. And this middle basically means, I call this kind of the gathering of the saints. Because when we gather and we come together, whether it be for prayer, whether it be to reach the lost, to see the sick healed, families thrive, and we have to participate in this, and we have to come together. Everyone has a personal walk with the Lord. Everyone has things they, have, they go do, they spend their personal devotional time. But I am telling you church, God is calling you to be in community with each other. You cannot do discipleship on only a Sunday morning. There has to be more. You have to be looking at me this morning and saying who am I connected with in this church? I'm not talking about just going to a small group. Or just going to a community group. Those are good. Those are important. I highly encourage you to go to one of them. There's a rack card in the lobby. There's the women's group meets on Saturdays and the men's group. And there's groups meeting in homes. Those are great things. What I'm encouraging and challenging each and every one of you is to be connected with somebody in this church. Because you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to divide us. The enemy wants to separate us. And do you think that the rising of this virus that is coming at us and these numbers going up, you don't think it's going to be a challenge to continue to try to do things as the body of Christ? We have to stand firm and stand strong. And we have to be able to gather, not just as a large gathering, but in small gatherings in our home. Because that is truly where these lives begin to be transformed. That is truly where we begin to see families thriving. I have yet to come to church 
and during our little 10-minute greeting time, run up to somebody and say, hey, how's your marriage doing? Can we talk about it real quick before I have to go up and give my message? Be like, Pastor Jason, don't ask me about my, this is awkward. This is not the place that all discipleship can happen. And if this is the only time you're connecting with fellow believers, then I'm challenging you, there has to be more. There has to be more. You say, well, why do you have this 15-minute gathering time in the middle of church? So that you can connect with somebody. But not just so you can say hi and have the pleasantries of it's a beautiful day out there. Hopefully church doesn't go too long because I have to get my leaves picked up. Sorry. It always goes a little long. But that you say, what's that, sorry, not sorry. But that you say, you know what? I, God has just really placed you on my heart. Why don't we get together for a cup of coffee? You know what? Why don't our families get together and let's have dinner together? You have to be intentional about building the relationships in your life. The enemy who roams around seeking whom may destroy, he goes after the ones that are on the outside. He goes after the ones that are on the outside. Do you know how many people, there are many churches, unfortunately, that still have not been gathering. Do you know that the rate of divorce, the rate of drug use, the rate of suicides, the ra- all these rates are going up. They're skyrocketing because people aren't coming together in community with each other. The church is not being the church. We have to begin to gather outside of Sunday morning. And you don't need a small group to do it. You have my permission to go meet with somebody. Let's look at this scripture. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Thank you, Lord. And let us consider one another. Consider one another. I've said this last time. We don't come to church for what's in it for us. Come on. If, you're, if your sole thing about coming to church is what's in it for me, you know what will begin to happen? The seats aren't, they're, they're not comfortable enough for me. I don't like the lighting. I can't read certain things. These are all true statements. These are all things. I get it. And they're real. I don't like the way the music is played. I don't like how long it goes. But if you would begin to go to church with a different expectation of what can I put into church? What can I pour into the church? Who can I pray for today when I go, when I gather? It changes your whole perspective on church. This, this verse that I'm reading is full of one another's. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We are, when we are gathering, we are stirring up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Don't forsake getting together, as in the manner of some. But what? Exhorting one another. When should we be doing this? And so much more as you see the day approaching. What day? (laughs) What day? Jesus has returned. The day. This is saying that we need to be doing this even more. The more crazy it gets, the more we need to be focused on him and in the community that God has placed us in. Come on, guys. You cannot be out there on your own. If you're watching online, you cannot be out there on your own. I get you can't come maybe for some reason or your work or whatever, but don't just sit at home. Go find somebody and connect with them. Connect with other believers. 
Because it says one another. We're supposed to stir up love and of good works. We're supposed to exhort one another. All the more as we see the day approaching. I don't know about you, but I see the day approaching. Which says we need to be much more than a church that just on Sunday morning, you guys need to be connecting. You say, oh, well, Pastor Jason, you don't have the small group that meets exactly at my time and when I want to meet. Well, gather with somebody. And just because you're gathering with somebody doesn't mean I'm going to anoint you a small group leader immediately. There's a lot of requirements that go into leading a small group. There's all this, but that doesn't stop you from getting together and beginning to live life with one another. And begin to ask each other the tough questions. How is your marriage going? How is your parenting going? You don't need Sunday. Actually, it's hard to do that on Sunday morning. We need to get in each other's business. And I'll tell you what, most of us don't want that. Come on, I'm raising my hand. I'm just like, mm. I'm preaching to myself. But if I'm not held accountable by anyone, if no one's asking me questions, then I can just kind of skate by and put on my happy pants for a Sunday morning and put on my smile and my nice little purple shirt and put on my nice purple shirt and I come in and I smile and I greet everybody and then I walk away. And nobody knows what's really going on in my life. Church, the time is over where nobody knows what's going on in your life. This has to stop. It has to change. This can't happen. We can't reach a million people if people aren't coming truth and coming honestly before him and repenting and walking in obedience and discipling one another. God won't do it. He won't, he won't give us a million souls until, we're, until the church begins to grow and is ready for the million souls. Because he wants them to be shepherd, shepherded. Liz and I went on a, uh, a pastor's retreat a few, uh, about a month ago or so, maybe a little bit longer, down in Virginia, and it was a wonderful time. It was a blessing to go. And somebody there made a comment to me. And I, I relate this to, you know, church, basically on a Sunday morning, or then us gathering as families together outside of church. He said this, he says, you know what, we spent two and a half days together, uh, a bunch of pastors together, two and a half days he said, he looked at me, he said, you know what? It would have taken 10 years, 10 years for me and you to develop the relationship that we did if we just went to church conferences and churches on Sunday morning. 10 years we accomplished in two and a half days of being together what would have taken 10 years of this just walking by each other saying hi as we come and as we go. I believe that God is calling us into community. I believe he's calling us to do life together. All the fancy words that you hear you know, people say. He is calling us to be in a community together. Because you guys, you can't do this alone. Those of you who have tried, doesn't work. It's hard to do this alone. We have to be in community with each other. So you say, well, I noticed a playground. Maybe you didn't notice. I noticed a playground doesn't have a lock on it anymore. And doesn't have no trespassing on it anymore. Guess what? That's intentional. That's so you can gather with another family and show up at Erie Christian Fellowship Church and get your kids on the playground. We are a church that's in the community and we are going to be for this community. We're going to be for this community right here. And I believe the Lord is stirring us up 
to do different things, and God is continuing to reveal this. And as we go through the next couple weeks, I really believe God is going to begin to really show us what does this look like as a community. Jake, if you want to come up here. None of that can happen, guys, without this participation. You have to be willing to be vulnerable and be out there with somebody. And be pray, be led. You say, well, what, what's my next step? Pray. Ask God, is there someone here? Is there someone I know? Who is it that I need to start meeting with and getting connected with? Maybe it is one of the groups you need to go to. Maybe you just need someone that God has been putting on your heart over and over and over. And I can tell you what, if all of the men are saying there, it's Pastor Jason, you're not hearing right. <laughs> I'm serious. It's not all me. Each and every one of us has a part to play. And I believe that God is calling us all into this community. I want to end with this scripture here, if you want to turn with me. Boy, I missed a lot of my notes. Maybe we'll catch up with that next week. Galatians 6. Galatians 6, starting in verse 7. I just want to end with this this morning. I want to end with this as encouragement. I know many of you are doing this. Many of you are connected. I know we could name off a couple families real quick of the ones who we would call in times of crisis or in times of need. And I realize that every single one of them resides in this church. Galatians 6, starting in verse 7, says this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's my encouraging word to you guys this morning. Don't give up. Say, well, I tried to connect before. I tried a community before. Don't give up. God is calling each and every one of you to be connected with the body of Christ not to be alone, not to be out there without any support system, but to be connected with fellow believers, especially as these days, these last days, as the Bible says, that we can see them approaching. Do you would close your eyes, bow your heads for a moment. Say, what, what can I do? You can pray, you can be obedient to that leading that God 
has already put in your heart or to go talk to someone. Maybe there's something you've been struggling in your life and you just, you need to open up and share with someone on what's going on. Keep your eyes closed. Men, I want to talk to you just for a minute. I don't know why it seems that sometimes it's more difficult, it's difficult for women too. But a lot of times, at least talking from personal, this is hard for us to go do. Like we've got it all together. But men, I'm challenging you this morning. It's time to open up about how we're really doing. And I can tell you, men, that when you meet Jesus, he's going to ask about your relationship with him. And those that are married, he's going to ask about how you treat and have treated your wife. He's going to ask how you treated your children. Did you nurture them? Did you lead them? Did you develop them? Long before, he's going to ask you, whether you are a good employee for such and such a boss. And I'm preaching to myself, but sometimes I think we look to those outside of our family and worry or concern more about what they think than what about the people in our own family think. And my challenge to you men is it's time for you to step up to lead, but it's time to be vulnerable and to be open and say, I'm struggling. I need help. Thank you, Lord. And I want to make an invitation here this morning. If there's anyone here at all who has not made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. Or maybe previously did and has walked far away from that relationship with Him. I believe this morning that that relationship can be restored. Completely reconciled and made whole. That that hole in your heart, that longing for something that this world cannot give is the Holy Spirit tugging on you saying, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. That's you this morning with every head bowed, everyone's eyes closed, just slip your hand up if that's you this morning. be someone online if you're watching online and that's you just encourage you today to say a short prayer and just to say Lord Jesus I receive you today as my Lord and Savior I believe you died on the cross paid the price for my sin 
and rose from the grave victorious so I can have a relationship with God. The Bible says that those who believe in their heart and speak with their mouth shall be saved. So Father, I receive your love today. I receive Jesus as my Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, maybe you're watching online for the first time, maybe you're here and you just whispered and didn't want to raise your hand, I encourage you, if you're here, to come see me afterwards. If you're online, just to call the church or email the church so we can follow up with you because it's so much more than just a prayer. So much more than a, this, uh, you know, a few sentences that we say, but it's a life that wants to be transformed. It's a life of discipleship and obedience to him and the changes that are sometimes very difficult in our life, but he wants the best for each and every one of us. So I'm going to close with this. This is our benediction this morning. Out of Colossians 1, just receive this. Receive this, guys. And know as I read this that all comfort and peace come from him, from God alone. That he's still sovereign, he's still working. Jesus is still Lord, he is still king. We can stand on the word in the scripture. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Colossians 1 says this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are moving on our hearts. You are stirring us up to a deeper level of community, of relationship with each other. Father, you are stirring us into a new season in our lives. Father, lead us and guide us as we seek the relationships that you have ordained for us from the beginning of time. Father, I pray a strengthening over marriages, over families, over friendships. Father, we ask for more of you in every area of our life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Uh, you guys are dismissed. There are some prayer teams that will be up here. If you need prayer for anything at all, I just encourage you to come up and get prayer. Otherwise, yes, it is 70 degrees out there. Yes, it is still sunny. But you know what? It's all good. Go enjoy the rest of the day. Have an awesome afternoon. Love you guys.